Welcome to 2022, our year of great increase, as prophesied by our pastor, Pastor Boni Bahati. We believe that as you listen to this sermon, God will greatly increase and multiply you in all the five core areas of your life. Be blessed as you listen. Beautiful. So today being our love group Sunday, I want to talk about benefits of being in a love group. Benefits of being in a love group. It's still part of my series, A Thousand Times More. A Thousand Times More. A Thousand Times More. Benefits of being in a cell group. So a cell group has many benefits. As we saw in the scriptures, or as we've seen in the scriptures, a cell group, or a small group, or a home church, was the divine intention of God. It is God who created and who instituted the Institute of Home Church. So as we see in the early church, in the book of Acts, the early church used to meet in their homes, and the early church would still meet where? In the temple. So God has instituted it, that the church of Jesus Christ, after the pattern of the early church, should be able to meet in their homes and also meet in their, also meet in their, temple, in the church, in the communal church. So a love group has so many benefits. One benefit of being in a love group is that you receive love, you receive growth, and you receive care. That is what love group is about. In the love group, you know we live in a very cold world. A world where if someone faints by your side right now, you will not even bother to wake them up or bother to attend to them. Because the world we live in is a cold world. And the Bible says that in the last days, the love of many shall grow cold. Tell about the love of many shall grow cold. So nowadays, finding true love is as rare as finding a human being from Kenya who has been to the moon. Finding true love, it is that rare. If you can find a Kenyan who has been to the moon, then you can easily find somebody who has true love. So when you find true love, you must know that this love it's not ordinary love. This is the love of God. Because the Bible says that God is love. So anytime you see love being extended to you, know that this is God. And let me put a disclaimer there. I don't mean erotic love, romantic love. You know some of you ladies, we cannot tell you I love you. Because once we say I love you, you think we want sex. Love is not sex. Tell about love is not sex. And sex is not love. Yeah, you can have sex with someone you don't love. Do you think people who have sex with prostitutes love them? The people who uh, prostitutes on the road, do you think they love them? They don't. Actually, the message Bible says that sex is a sport. And that's what the Bible says in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in the message Bible, in Genesis. That they wanted to, uh, to have a sport with them. When the angels came to visit... Lot, the men there wanted to have a sport with them. So, to know them carnally. So, it's an exercise. Yeah. Do you think animals love each other? That's why? That's why they are fit. (laughs) This one is saying that's why they are fit. Because they are married. (laughs) Can you imagine? Hey, hey. Hey, hey. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Do you think animals love each other? 
but they have sex. A lot. Some a lot more than you. Everywhere. They don't hide. So sex is not love. Tell about sex is not love. So if a boy tell, comes and tells you, you know I love you, so give it to me. Tell them that's not love. Just say you want it. And I don't give it. Yeah. Maggie, if someone tells you I love you, so give me. Tell them that's not love. I don't issue that. Just run away. Are we together? So love is God. God is love. Yeah, this is the scripture. Bring them out so that we can have our spot with them. Yeah. They yelled to Lot. Where are the men who are staying with you for the night? Bring them out so that we can have our spot with them. So you can see sex in the Bible is seen as a sport for married people. You, if you exercise, if you do, if you engage in this sport and you're not married, you will not get fit. You'll become obese. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, you'll become obese. Yeah. You're engaging in what is not lawful. Are we together? So in a love group, you get love, you get care, and you get growth. Care when you're bereaved. Or even, not necessarily when you are bereaved. In normal circumstances, somebody will ask you, how are you doing? You know, that's a very rare question to be asked. Ati, how are you doing? People don't ask that. Nobody cares. Yeah, this world is very cold. Ati, makanga, nakuliza, oh, how are you doing? How was your day today? How did you sleep? When they start asking you that, you even guard up. You say, what are, why are you asking me such questions? Why, what do you want? But your shepherd will ask you, Ati, are you lonely? Can you imagine driver a are you lonely? <laughs> or they start singing, Mr. Lonely, I have nobody, I'm on my own. No. No. When they say that, you say, no, 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 no. I'm an Amnagani. Yeah, but you are a love group member, you are a fellow family member. I fellow get a love, I will ask you, are you lonely? Have you eaten? People are not asked, have you eaten? Nobody will ask you that. Why would they ask you, have you eaten? I was told recently, if you go to a matanga and find people crying, just bring food, they'll keep quiet. <laughs> if they are mourning, <laughs> don't even talk, just present food, they'll keep quiet. That's still care, <laughs> in a way. So people ask you, have you eaten? They care. If you've not eaten, at least they offer the little they have. Yeah, they can give you a fruit. Even if someone gives you a banana, you didn't deserve it. They're not obligated to take care of you. So don't ask them, I don't want to banana peke yake. No. Where you put yourself in my shoe. When you think like that, when you think like that, it means you are ungrateful. No. If that is someone showing you care, because they are not in any way obligated to give you a banana. That is care. And lastly, growth. In a love group, you have a lot of growth. You heard the lady speak here, the shepherd in trading. She said that she, never, she used to think she has confidence. But when she goes before people, everything she knows evaporates. That's the case of so many of you. You think you are confident. Wait until you are put in a position where you need to be actually confident. But in a love group, you know it is easier to make a mistake in a crowd of 10 people than to make a mistake in a crowd of 500 people. You're better off making a mistake with 10 people because the impact will not be too much. Right? But can you imagine making a mistake in a crowd of 100 people, 200 people, 300 people, 400 people? The impact is more. The laughters are more. 10 people is, relax. 
Nainaisha. Can you tell 500 people, Achene Ujinga, relax? No. So you see, love group gives you that opportunity to grow yourself, to grow your speech. A lot of soft skills are not taught in school. That's why nobody has taught you how to speak in school. Your lecturers don't even care. Yeah, whether you learn how to speak or not, they don't care. Soft skills are not taught in any school. Soft skills, you learn them in such groups. That's where you learn how to relate with one another. Some people don't know how to relate with one another here. You don't know how to share because you're brought up alone. You're the only child in the house. So it's your way or the highway. So you don't, you've never known how to share. That's why even when you're married, you have a problem. You can't keep your spouse because you don't know how to share. You can't share your bed with your spouse. You're always pushing her or him with your sleeping on the edge. Because you are not taught how to share. But in a love group, you are taught how to share. Yeah, sharing is caring. Tell about sharing is caring. But where will you learn that? Those are soft skills. And look, soft skills will give you more than any other skills in life. A lot of people who have become rich, they say it's not because of IQ. A lot of people who are rich, by the way, are not very intelligent. Don't be cheated. A lot of rich people are not extremely intelligent. Actually, most of the very intelligent people are not very rich. It's like people who develop softwares. If you develop a software and you don't have another person who knows how to sell that software, you will die poor. Even if the software is very rich, like it's a wealthy software. Because selling is different from building, creating. When you sell, like a salesman, look, let me give an advice to all salesmen here. Do we have salesmen here? Anytime you go to pitch, always sell value. People buy value. So if you sell paint, show them the value of that paint. Like if you put this paint, you are not going to repaint your house in the next five years because this paint is waterproof. People will buy that. A story is told of a young lady. The lady wanted to drill a hole on the, on the wall. So she got someone to drill for her a hole. But when the guy came, he didn't have a drill bit. He had the drill but didn't have a drill bit. A drill bit nearly in a drill. So when he went to drill, it was impossible for the guy to drill. So the, the, the carpenter asked, or whoever was drilling, asked the lady, kindly go and buy for me a drill bit. So the lady went and bought a drill bit, came and brought, and the hole was drilled. So a question is asked, what did the lady buy? The hole or the drill bit? What did she buy? She bought the hole. Because she did not need the drill bit. It is most likely that after the, the guy used the drill bit, he went with it, right? But the lady was trying to buy the hole. So she was buying value. What she needed was a hole. So she would go at any cost to get the hole. So that's the same thing you do when you're doing sales. Sell the value. That's why politicians come and tell you, they are selling value to you. 6,000. Um, per month. Laptops, mpia. Mtasoma. Why do they do that? They are trying to sell value. And you buy it. You say, ah, we are going to buy a laptop. You understand? We are going to buy 6,000. Yeah. So, what do people want? Value. So, and where do you learn such skills? In a small group. Because that's where you learn how to relate with one another. Interpersonal skills make people rich. Yeah. And that's what I was telling you, people who are rich are not people who are necessarily highly intelligent. Intelligence is good. But highly intelligent people, by the way, 
work for people with higher emotional quotient, EQ. People who know how to relate with each other become richer than just being intelligent. Yeah. That's why you find people who are very intelligent work for people who are very emotional. Like they know how to deal with people emotionally. They know how to deal with people's emotions. So you find someone very intelligent, but if they don't know how to deal with emotions, they can't have five employees. They'll fire. They can't keep people. You can't keep a client. You can't keep a contract. So it's very important to know how to manage emotions, to deal with people. So in a love group, you learn how to manage people. Because in a love group, in a group of six to five, you will have all sorts of people. You love all sorts of people in that small group. Because look, human beings is all, all things, all things human beings do are, can be put in a scale of 1 to 10. In a scale of 1 to 10, all human beings can fit there. So if you have six people, you have almost three quarters of the entire population. So you will have the majority of the people in that place. So you will know how to do what? You will know how to do what? So let's look at the benefits of a love group. More benefits of a love group. And number one. Number one. Love group benefits you from being looked after by other members of the cell group. A love group benefits you by giving you the opportunity to be looked after by other love group members. Love group benefits you by giving you the opportunity. Love group is also called a cell group. But here we call it a love group. Because we love love. <laughs> love group gives you a benefit of being looked after by other members. Look, I'm always told of many benevolent acts done by cell group members to other members of their group. This happens all the time. And the reason why it happens is because this is a family. And families take care and look after each other. I'm not talking about looking after each other carnally, like sexual and lustful acts. I'm talking, care. I'm talking about people taking care of you, looking after your welfare, people who mind your welfare, people who are interested in you. A love group gives you that opportunity. Look, Jesus was speaking one time, and he spoke the story of the Good Samaritan. And the Bible records that there's a man who was going to, I think, um, uh, what's that place he was going to? Jerusalem, right? Then he fell along the way. And the Bible records that a priest came. He didn't look at him. A uh, 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 Levite came. He went his other way. And the Bible records that there was this young man who came by. And when he looked at him, the Bible says that he picked him and took him to an inn. So Jesus he was asking, among the three, who was a good neighbor? Who was a good neighbor? And Jesus said, the man who took the stranger and took him to an inn was a good neighbor. That is to tell me that sometimes your closest brother is the one who is a stranger to you. Not your family member, like your biological family. It is that stranger seated next to you. Look, right now, if I faint, do you think my brother or my father will come to take me to hospital? If I faint right now and I'm preaching, who will take me to hospital? You. That's what the Bible says. I know of a man or a brother who sticks closer than a brother. Someone who sticks closer than your own brother. Right now, your brother is somewhere. Actually, in Africa, most of our families, we have issues with our siblings. Moja na kusikilianga wivu. Wingine akupendi. Asamao umeuko na maringo. 
So you see, God has to introduce you to another spiritual family that takes care of you. That's why during your wedding, they don't contribute. Did your family contribute during your wedding? They just come to eat and complain. But people from your love group, they look after you. They contribute. They serve. Your family members come even late. Or some even don't show up. Like my father didn't show up for my wedding. He didn't show up. He said he'll be sick that day. <laughs> I didn't imagine in advance. I'm serious, by the way. He told me I'll be sick that day. <laughs> so I'll not come. I said, hey. I said, hey, that day I'll be sick, so I'll go to Kenyatta. <laughs> he had seen the future. But my, and he got sick, right? He actually got sick. What a father. <laughs> you see, that's, those are the kind of the families we come from. But the people who are part of my spiritual family, they were there. They are the ones who took charge. They are the ones who made sure everybody has eaten. They are the ones who made sure that everything has been done right. They are the ones who contributed. They were there. They took care of me. They looked after me. But you, who will look after you? Who will be there for your wedding, man? Who will be there for the nice things you'll be doing? Ask your neighbor, who will be there? Who will be looking after you? Who will be doing the benevolent acts that you want? Look, every human being needs somebody to do nice things to them. Every human being, including yours truly. I want people to do nice things to me. So who will do them? Who will do them? Some of you, those who are married, your wife does not even do good things to you sometimes. Yeah, it's the truth. You know, those who are single thinking marriage is a rose of, is a bed of roses. No, it's a bed of roses with thorns. Because roses have thorns. Yeah. And the violets are, are blue. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, your love group is a very important thing in your life. Beautiful. Number two. Number? Number two. Or you don't want my, my number two. Love group delivers you from backsliding. Love group delivers you from backsliding. Love group, Pastor Genio, will deliver you from backsliding. And this is where I'll, I'll speak a lot today. Love group delivers you from backsliding. Because the reason why love group delivers you from backsliding is because the cell has a fairly small membership. You're only four to six. Ikienda 10 people. So if you don't attend the meetings or church service, your members will notice immediately. And like if you're part of this church, this church, our population is around 500 to 600 people. So you can imagine if you don't show up out of 600 people. Do you think it is easy for us to notice? But if you don't show up in a love group of 10 people, immediately, we will know. Because in your love group, people will know this one did not come. That is one of the benefits of being in a love group. You can't easily get lost in the crowd. You cannot just travel and return after six months and people not notice. But in a big church, you can easily travel and come back after six months and the pastor will tell you, oh, I didn't see you last week. But you've been away for six months. Because he, maybe, you know, when I'm standing here, most of you look alike. I'm serious. Most of you look alike. That's why sometimes I call you a name of someone else. I try as much as possible to know all your names. I know most of you. But there are those who have not yet gotten their name, like Marion and Maureen. I'm always calling the other, the other. I say Marion, and this is Maureen. And the other one is Marion. But I'm always calling them interchangeably. But in their love group, their shepherd knows them by name. He knows this is Marion because 
he has a dimple. This one does not have. You are fellow love group members. No. You know, this one has the forehead is six. The other forehead is eight. Or eleven. They know. They know. So you see, in a love group, you can't easily get lost. Somebody in a love group, you can't easily get lost. And that keeps you from backsliding. Ladies and gentlemen, let me pause and tell you something. Backsliding is not a tire burst. Backsliding is a slow puncher. Backsliding is what? You know you can have a slow puncher and go with it to Nairobi and you wouldn't know, and you wouldn't notice. One time I had a slow puncher. I traveled, went where I was going, came back, parked the car, and the only time I noticed I had a slow puncher was the next morning when I was leaving. Because when you have a slow puncher, it's not easy to notice it. And that is what backsliding is. You don't notice that you are backsliding. You don't notice that you are moving back. Eh, pastor, so what is backsliding? Backsliding is simple. Going back. Slide backwards. You are going this way. Then you slide backwards. What is that? Backsliding. <laughs> At the moonwalk. <laughs> Somebody is saying, when you do this, what is that? It's moonwalk. That is backsliding. Are we together? You are sliding backwards. So in your journey of faith, in your journey with the Lord, you can easily turn back. You can easily move back. And the only thing that will keep you from moving back, from turning back, from backsliding, is being in a community of faith. Being with people who believe in the same things like you. A community of faith is what you need to keep you from backsliding. The Bible says, do not be ignorant. Bad company spoils good morals. Don't be deceived. Bad company spoils good morals. Waswili wakasema, nazimoja mbovu, haribu, gunianzima. No, there's a msemo that they say something like that. Kiazikimoja kibovu, kiazikimoja kibovu, haribu ya nzima. Something like that. Like one rotten potato can make the whole sack rot. Kiazikimoja kibovu, harabu, yanzima. Mukamba mkosti. Shukuru mungu kwa wakamba wakosti. Eh? A student. We are a vidonda. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, what will keep you from backsliding is just being in the right company. Yes, look, me, I can tell you for a fact, if I did not have the right people around me, I will not be born again by now. Probably I will be backslidden. Because there is a law called the law of degeneration. Remember there is a law called the law of degeneration. Now this, this law is a universal law. It applies in so many things. It's universal. So the law of, the law of degeneration says that anything that is left alone on earth or in this universe, especially the earth, it begins to degenerate. If you build a building like this and don't live in this building, immediately the building begins to depreciate. That's why old buildings are cheaper than new buildings. Because anything left on its own, there is a law at work on earth. It begins to degenerate. That's why you are born fresh, healthy, all your organs are working. But as you age, your organs do what? Degenerate. Because that's the law of life. Everything degenerates. So, because that law is present, it means that there are things that can fasten the degeneration and there are things that can slow 
the degeneration. The degeneration will still be there, but it will either be faster or slower. So backsliding is the same. You can easily backslide if you are in a place where you are degenerating faster. Where you are sliding back faster. That's where the Lord spoke in Revelation and said, where, look from where thou hast fallen. You have left your first love. There's a song in Swahili we used to sing in high school. Upendo ule wakwanza. Something like that. You don't know that song? It's an old song. It's not a cover song. By the way, a lot of cows know that song. Because the guy who sang it was cow. Upendo ule wakwanza umepeleka. Who is your first love? You backslid from your first love. So to backslide is simply move back. You used to come to church at 5.30. Now you come at 6. That's backsliding. You used to be committed to serve God more. You used to serve maybe at a rave of 10. Now you are raving at 6. You've backslidden. You've lost 4. To backslide is simply to lose track of. So you used to serve God with all your energy. Now you no longer serve God with all your energy. You are reserved. You're withholding your sword. That's why the Bible says, remember therefore from where you have fallen and repent and do the first works or else I'll come quickly. I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from his place. Unless you do what? Repent. So remember where thou hast fallen and repent and do the works you did first. Remember when you first got saved, how you used to love the Lord. Remember how nothing else mattered. The only thing that was meaningful to you was what was making God happy. Remember. Remember how the only thing that used to matter to you was to make God smile. Now, those things don't matter. What you want is you want soft life. You say, Lord, this year, I don't want to be part of your strongest soldiers. Because, Lord, it is said that you give your hardest battles to the strongest soldiers. So, Lord, me, I want to be part of soft life. So, Lord, let me be part of your soft soldiers. I want to chill with the big boys. That's degeneration. You are backslidden. Your love for God is not the same. And the Bible says, remember what you did first and repent. Do the works you did first. Love God how you used to love him. How come you don't love God the way you used to love him? Because you never were willing to stay with a community of faith. That's what the Bible says. Do not forsake the gathering together of brethren. For it is a stimulation. It is a stirring up. That's why you cannot, you cannot be watching church online. You cannot be watching church online. Because how will you be stimulated on your couch? How will you be stimulated on your couch speaking the truth? And you are eating popcorns. At, at what are you doing? I'm in church. On, okay, some of you don't even have couches. On your bed. On your, and your small phone. And you're with your, on your mattress. And you're saying, I'm in church on your mattress, watching live. It can't be the same. Look, you can't be wiser than God. You can't be wiser than God. Human beings, tell about human beings, cannot be wiser than God. Sit upright, young man. Lest you have an issue with your back. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, human beings cannot be wiser than God. The Bible says, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. So there are others who have decided to forsake the assembling together of brethren. It's a manner. Others are doing it. 
Some have decided not to come to church and watch live. So, in the process, they have, they have, they have, they have, they have, they have de departed. Go back to verse 24. They have departed. And let us, let us, the Bible says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. How do you stir up love and good works? Verse 25, he says it. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So do you want to stir up love? Do you want to stir up faith? I can't hear you. Do you want to stir up your love? Yes. Do you want to stir up your faith? Yes. You can't forsake the assembling together of brethren. You can't forsake the assembling together of brethren. So love groups gives you the opportunity to constantly and continually stir up your love and your faith. Do you want to stir up your love? Do you want to stir up your faith? I can't hear you. Do you want to stir up your love? I can't hear you. Do you want to stir up your love? Mm, do you want to stir up your faith? Then ladies and gentlemen, what you need to do is you need to constantly be in a love group. Because that's where you don't forsake the gathering of brethren. And in the process, there is a stirring up of faith. There is a stirring up of love. There is a stirring up of faith. There is a stirring up of love. I see stirring up of faith. I see stirring up of hope. I see stirring up of hope. I see stirring up of love. Stirring up of faith. Your faith is being stimulated. You see, Christianity is called a faith. Christianity is called what? And for a faith to work, there are some spiritual faith things you have to do to maintain the faith. That's why Christianity is called a faith. It's a faith. Christianity is a faith. And faith must be stirred up if it is to be maintained. I can't tell you about neighbor, neighbor. If faith is to be maintained, it must be stirred up. Yes. That's why we keep believing God for different things. Those are stirring ups. We keep saying, now this year we are believing God to buy land as a church. That faith of we are believing God for 20 million is stirring us up. So when you come to church and you hear that we are believing God for 20 million as a church, you are stirred up. Your faith says, if the church is believing God for 20 million, how can I not believe God for 10,000? Your faith is stirred up. You say 10,000 is very little. I can actually believe God. Because the God of 20 million is the God of 10,000. The same faith. The same faith you need for 20 million is the same faith you need for 10,000. The same faith you need for 10,000, my dear, is the same faith you need for 1 million. I couldn't have faith, Mili. It's the same faith. Just tell her, just the same faith. Hey! So love group helps there to be a stirring up, a stimulation, and it keeps you from backsliding. So pastor, how will I know I'm backsliding? Let me show you symptoms of backsliding so that you see why you need to be in a love group. Symptoms of backsliding. Symptoms of what? I can't hear you. Symptoms of what? Mm -mm, you're, not, you're not talking how I want you to talk. Will you talk the way I want you to talk? Even making my notes to disappear. Luke 21, verse 25. The Bible, then we'll jump to verse 31. The Bible says, Look, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, and on the earth, and the distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves of roaring. What I want you to take notice is there will be signs. There will be what? 
There will be what? Jump to verse 31. Jump to verse 31, quickly. So, you also, when you see these things happen, know that the kingdom of God is near. So, when you see, when you see signs, what about when you see signs? No. When you do what? When you do what? When you see signs, what should you do? No. Signs are there to make you know. Signs are, do, are there to make you do what? There are some signs. Like for the politicians, they have signs to know who might win the election. When they see certain signs, they know this is the guy who might win. Are we together? Because signs are there to make us do what? No. So in the medical, in the medical field, a symptom is a sign. In the medical field, a symptom or a sign is the outward clue of something dangerous. A sign or a symptom is the outward clue of something dangerous. Often, when you are searching for something that is hidden, you just need to look out for clues that lead you to the, to the cause or to the problem. Are we together? So symptoms and signs help doctors make the right diagnosis. Are we together? So symptoms reveal conditions. Tell about symptoms reveal conditions. So a symptom may be something meaningless to the unlearned, but a sign and a symptom is very important for somebody who is learned. For somebody who is unlearned, signs and symptoms are useless because they mean nothing to you. But to a keen learned eye, signs and symptoms speak a lot. Signs and symptoms reveal a certain condition. So if a symptom is detected earlier, it can actually save life. So when a doctor wants to detect certain signs, he knows that the patient's life is in danger by certain signs that he sees. And he knows that the, 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 patient, the life of the patient is not in danger by certain signs that he sees. But a layman may have no idea of what is going on. Like yesterday we attended a certain burial. And the doctor says that some people came to see, the doctor was attending to the patient who died, came to see a certain patient. And when they saw the patient, they did not know that the patient had already died because the patient already had gone through brain dead, that he was brain dead. His brain had already died, but the heart was still beating. So the people thought that the person who was there was sleeping. But the doctor knew that this, people, this person is dead. I'm just waiting for his heart to stop beating. So the people were saying, can we clean him and change his clothes? The doctor says, no, you don't need to do that. Just let him rest. But the people were thinking that this person is resting. But in reality, he wasn't resting. He was already dead because his brain had died. So to a layman, he could not understand the signs. But to a doctor, he saw the signs and he knew this one is gone. There's nothing much I can do. So the doctor was encouraging them and telling them, let's believe God for a miracle. But in his heart, he knew this is gone. But a layman... Hey, that's this true. Let us even pray. But to an, an experienced eye, he would see this is a gone story. So ladies and gentlemen, signs and symptoms are very important. For example, when the hand of a patient shows certain signs, it is an indication of a serious liver disease. So where what does the hand have to do with the liver? What does the hand have to do with the liver? These things are far apart from each other. But don't be surprised. If you see the hand behaving in a certain way, 
it is an indication of the condition of the liver. For example, if you see a shaky hand, if they can't do this, or they can't stand like this, it is an indication of a condition of the liver. It means that the liver is experiencing liver failure. That's why the hand is always shaking. But what does the hand have to do with the liver? But to, to, a, to a layman, it means nothing. But to an experienced eye, the moment he sees the hand shaking, he knows, ah, the liver has a problem. But to a layman, when he sees the hand shaking, he says, ah, kutingiza mukono. Fungua lock. That's why he says, tua lock. In the process of kwenda kutua lock, he damages the liver the more. So signs and symptoms are very critical. Signs and symptoms are very critical. Yes. If you see someone, if, you just, if someone just sleeps and wakes up with a swollen leg, to an inexperienced eye, it means nothing. To an experienced eye, he knows there's a problem with the, with the kidneys because of the water. In the kidney, because the work of the kidney and the pancreas is to absorb, is to, uh, absorb the impurities and what is that thing called? Detoxification. So if the water is not absorbed in the body, the water you drink is not absorbed in the body, some of it you release it through urine. And if, the, if it's too much, you're not able to release all of it through urine. What happens? The legs begin to swell. So you have an idiopathic disease. There's no, re, there's no known cause for why that's happening. Swelling of legs. Another indicator, if you see someone who's taking too much water and removing too much urine, that person could mean that they have diabetes and they don't know. There's a problem with their pancreas. If you're taking too much water and giving out too much urine, it could be an, a, a sign that you have diabetes and you don't know. To a layman, that's... Uh, I just urinate a lot. But when you tell a doctor that, he says, hey, let's check your kidney. Let's check your pancreas. There could be a problem. So you see, signs and symptoms to an inexperienced person mean nothing. But to an experienced person, they mean everything. That's why Jesus was telling his disciples, and these signs shall happen. There will be signs in the moon, there will be signs on the earth, there will be signs in the sea. When you see these signs, know. How do we know we are living in the last days? The signs. The signs are all an indication that we are living in the last days. Jesus said in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. People, people will degenerate. How can you come and tell me now you want to marry your boni and you want to marry boy? How? Even animals don't do that. So when you see such signs, you know you are Abby and you like you like Abigail. Or you love Tabby. Abby and Tabby. No, it doesn't work like that. So when you see such signs, you know we are living in the last days. So in the same manner, there are certain signs that show us that you are backsliding. So if you're not part of a love group, these signs are showing you that you are backsliding. Sign number one of someone who is backsliding. Or you don't like it. This, this, this someone does not have so many amens. But I knew. So I was ready. Look, let me pause and say this before I tell you the signs. So as you can see, this, the symptoms that we are seeing are for the body. So in the same manner, your soul can give certain sign, symptoms that reveal to us the state of your soul. That's why I'm able to know the state of so many people's souls. I ask you a few questions. And you tell me, oh, I do this. You tell me, I ask you, do you fornicate? You keep quiet. That's an answer. That's an answer. Or even if you tell me, I don't, I just look at you and I know this one is lying. If you say you're fornicating, I know this is a weak soul. It needs help. Yeah. 
Signs reveal conditions. Tell about signs reveal conditions. Symptoms reveal. Symptoms reveal conditions. So the first sign or the first symptom of a weak soul or a soul that is almost backsliding, number one is bad company. Bad company. Bad company. Anytime you see somebody who is keeping bad company, you don't need to pray about it. <laughs> that is a sign. It's like when you see someone with the hand shaking. You don't need to pray about it. From today, just know there's a problem with the, with the liver. So, the little experience I've gathered with ministry has taught me that any Christian who decides to keep bad company, it is a very bad symptoms with a very poor prognosis or continuation. So bad company will eventually lead you to bad places. Tell about bad company will eventually lead you to bad places. Write that down. Bad company will eventually lead me to bad places. Good company will eventually lead me to good places. Bad company will eventually lead me to bad places. So when you see a Christian who has bad friends, it is highly likely that you will find him soon is out of church and out of Jesus, like enough with Jesus. Anytime you see a Christian who is keeping bad company, it's a matter of time. Soon, you will highly likely to find him that he's either out of church, number one, not either. He'll be out of church, number one, and number two, he will have left Jesus. He'll have forsaken Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Bad company is a sign. Symptoms reveal conditions. The Bible says, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts what? Can we read together? One, two, three. I can't hear you. One, two, three. Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good. Message Bible. Message Bible. Quickly, message Bible. One, two, three. I can't hear you. Let yourselves be poisoned by this anti-resurrection loose talk. Bad company ruins. Don't let yourself be poisoned by this anti-resurrection loose talk. Anti-resurrection is somebody who is speaking against resurrection. When you speak against resurrection, who resurrected? Who is the only person we know who died and resurrected and never died again? Who is it? So anti-resurrection talk is saying that Jesus never died and never resurrected. So such bad company ruins good morals. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how much you speak in tongues. It is said, birds of the same feather flock together. Birds of the same feather do what? So I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care how much tongues you speak in. If the company you are keeping, those tongues will live from being capital letters to small letters and no tongues. Eventually. You will just degenerate from capital letters to small letters to no tongues, to no letters. Or even to vowels, yeah. Capital letters, small letters, to vowels, to no, no letters. Because bad company. Tell about bad company. bad company. I can't hear you say bad company. Bad company. Will always spoil good manners. So my little experience in ministry has shown me that anybody who keeps a bad company, any Christian who keeps a bad company, that person will eventually backslide. 
it's a matter of when, not if. Yeah, when. Time. There is no way you can choose to follow Jesus and keep your bad company. If you've chosen to follow Jesus, you have forsake your bad company. You can't keep your bad company and keep Jesus. One has to die. If you don't kill bad company, you will kill Jesus in your life. You have to suffer loss of something, and in this case, bad companies, if you are to keep Jesus. So bad company is a very bad sign, a very dangerous sign for an experienced eye. If you are a real believer and you want to remain in Christ, then you need to have good friends. There should be real born-again friends who attend a born-again church. They must believe the things you believe. You must go to church together. Your friends cannot have something they believe against. Like your, friends, your friends must not have anything against you going to church. If they do, you must detach with them immediately. You cannot have friends who don't believe in going to church. You cannot have friends who don't believe in going to love groups. Because it's a matter of time. Those friends will influence you. There's a saying that goes, do them before they do you. So if you don't influence them, they will influence you. And by the way, you are a very weak Christian, so you cannot influence anybody. You are a pinch of salt. For salt to be tasty in food, it cannot be a pinch. It must be a substantial amount. Right? Or ladies, when you are cooking, do you put a pinch in a sufuria full of food? You sometimes even put a tablespoon of half a tablespoon, right? It must be a substantial amount. So if you are saying I'm the salt of the world and you are a pinch of salt, Sweetheart, you will influence nobody. Everybody will influence you. Yeah, we were told recently, a last born is anyone who, everybody has authority over them, except themselves. Every, a last born is, any, is anyone who everybody has authority over themselves. Over them, rather, except themselves. Their work is to submit to everybody. They have no authority over their lives. Yeah. But everybody else has authority over them. Thank God I'm a first born. Last one, I'm praying for you. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you want to influence, you must be stronger. Yes, bad company. Tell about bad company. Will eventually. Will eventually. I can't hear you, will eventually. Destroy your life. So the way to deal with bad company is to convert them and bring them to Christ before they do. Before they make you backslide. So this, you must realize, it requires a lot of wisdom. And if you're not a stable Christian, please don't even try. Don't attempt to convert your bad friends. You, will, you yourself will fall away. So some people don't even realize that even the person they marry can become wrong company. Yes. Do you know that a husband or a wife has influence over the other? Look, I influence my wife and my wife influences me. Look, if my wife was against me coming into the ministry, when I was coming into the ministry, believe me, I will not be in ministry right now. I will not be in ministry. If your wife is, not, is against something you like, it's a matter of time, you will also be against it. Yeah. It's like right now, if you get married to someone who is, you see, you don't have a problem with, you're not a racist. Most of you are not racist. Yeah. You're just tribal. <laughs> you're tribal. It's the same thing. Racist, I wanted you to say, yeah, 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 then I tell you, you're also tribal. And it's the same thing. And look, recently I was seated with another old man. And the man was talking, tribal. And the people we were with, we were so agitated. 
Because me, I don't know any tribe. I was born in Rongai. So which is my tribe? My mother is Meru. My biological father is Meru. My stepfather is Luya. The one who married my mother. So which is my tribe? Which tribe do I come from? I have two fathers. So which one do I go for? My spiritual father is Kikuyu. So which one do I go for? So I'm not tribal. You understand? But if you stay with someone who is tribal, it's a matter of time and you start being tribal. You start thinking tribal. I was talking to some guys here last week on Sunday. I told them, stop thinking tribal. Because of this year, is an election year. Tribe will be the card that will be used. Tribe is a card that they will use. Don't buy the sheet of tribe. I say, it is what it is. Don't buy that, don't buy that nonsense. Don't buy it. At your, you saw you, you come from this tribe, so vote for this guy. Look, all my life I've been voting for Elvo. All my life since I started voting. I've voted for him like three times, I think, right? Two times, two times since I started voting. Two times. He's not my tribe. I don't even know his tribe. I've never even asked him, by the way. I've told you I come from Meru. And my other father comes from where? So I don't vote based on my tribe. And my other one comes from uh, Nakuru. So I don't vote based on my tribe. But look, if you stay with people who are tribal, it's a matter of time. You'll become that. That's why I was telling you, your wife can become bad company. That's why I'm very cautious of the person who my disciples marry. I'm very cautious. Because I know there's a high likelihood. If this guy does not love the Lord, this girl can be loving the Lord all she wants. But I'll give her three years. It's a matter of time. I told you it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Because bad company will always spoil good. And you cannot be wiser than God. Don't say, ah, you know Mimi, Dangangana. Ah, ah, we've had others with similar stories like you. Walingangana, ask them where they ended up. I know somebody who was a Christian. Used to love God very much. Got married to somebody who is not a strong Christian. Right now, the guy believes in the God of the mountain. Mwenenyaga. Yeah, he says he's Mwenenyaga. The Kikuyu God. Thai, thai, thai. Yeah. He, he believes in that God, God of the mountain. And he sings Dayo, Dayo. And he's someone who used to speak in tongues. Now they even go to make sacrifices with goats and cows in the mountain. And look, that's not, that's not from speaking in tongues. Holy Spirit speaks. Mm, 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 mm. Mr. Bishi, Mr. Bishi, me, Mr. Taki, Mr. Taki. Vitstaki, Vitstaki, Nataka, Mr. Bishi, Mr. Bishi, Vitstaki, Vitstaki. From that, Mr. Bishi, Mr. Bishi, Vitstaki, Vitstaki. And imagine from that to going to sacrifice in the mountain. You know, when you become, when you join those tribes, the last initiation we were told recently is they tell you to deny Jesus as the Son of God. They call him, uh, I don't want to use that word, that's why I'm avoiding. There's a name they, they call him. The name they call Jesus. Like Kijana or Maria. Now in Kikuyu, you know what that means. Kijana or Maria. That's what they call him. And you see someone who's speaking in tongues, believing in that person. Now he's calling him <clears throat> Kia Maria. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call him now. 
and he was believing in tongues. The Bible says such people, they can't be redeemed back because they have tested of powers to come. They have tested of powers to come. Look, one mistake that you can never do, eh, that you should never do rather, don't try backslide. The Bible says in Hebrews, once you backslide, you can't be brought back. You can't be brought back. Because you've tested of powers that be. And there is no any other sacrifice that is left for the atonement of your sin. Because the highest sacrifice was the blood of Jesus. And you've forsaken it. You've denied it. So what is there left? You've tested of powers that come. You see powers that be. One power that be is the power of speaking in tongues. The power of speaking in tongues is a power that be. You know what that, that means? That is the power of heaven. So testing powers that be is testing powers of the world to come. Which is the world to come? Heaven. So when you speak in tongues, you're speaking in a language of not this world. The language of heaven. So you've tested how it feels like. You've enjoyed it. You've experienced his power. When you start speaking in tongues, you start getting charged up. You've experienced that power. Then you deny. You say, yeah. And you've tested, you've tested miracle working. You've laid hands on the sick and they have been healed. That power is not the power of this world. It's a power of the world to come. Yes. You've tested of the power of breaking curses. Because the Bible says the world that will come, there there are no curses. So you've broken curses by virtue of walking in, a, in the powers of the world to come where there are no curses. Then you say, Jesus, you can stay. Have tested the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Verse well, let's, read, let's read together so that we don't see him, the one who, re, who put the scriptures. One, two, three. For it is impossible for those who once enlightened and have tested the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit uh -huh, and have tested of the good word and the powers of the ages to come. Verse seven, verse six. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again, for themselves, the Son of God, and put him to an open shame. It is impossible. That's why backsliding is dangerous. And I'm telling you, the only one, not the only, the one of the ways that you keep yourself from backsliding is joining a small community of faith, a love group. Staying with them, so that there your love and your faith is stimulated. Otherwise, you'll fall into this trap. And you're not wiser than God. This is Holy Scriptures. The one who created you says this. So you better believe it. Tell me you better believe it. Symptom number two of backsliding. Or you don't like it. Or you're already bad, eh? I can't hear you. You're already bad, eh? Number two. Looking backwards. So before I tell you number two, the person you marry, tell me about the person you marry is very important. Don't just marry anybody. Yeah. Marry somebody who believes the things you believe in. Yes. If they believe in tithing. If you marry someone who does not believe in tithing. Look me, I know somebody. He's very rich. But his car is always in the garage. He and his cars are new. His cars are new. Not like they're old cars. He buys brand new. But Mara, Iligongwa. Mara, Ilifanyiwa Nini. Mara, Naikienda, Inakula, 100,000. He's always eating money. Because they don't tithe. And they are rich. Because you can get married to someone who does not believe in tithing. Eh? Who doesn't believe in tithing? And you open the door for the devourer. 
The devourer comes and sits down. Sits down in your house. The devourer is not a joke, my friend. The devourer finished job in two hours, two or three hours. Two or three hours, job. The man, the Bible says, and Job was a rich man from the east. The same verse down there, the Bible says, and Job lost everything. Everything, same chapter. Everything. He lost everything. That's what the devourer does. Then you get married to somebody who does not believe in tithing. <laughs> you wonder, you wonder. Look, a lot of the people who don't tithe, you talk too much, but we can see the effects of it in your life. You're always in the hospital. You're always in the hospital. All your money, mshara ikiingia. Pastor Mark was telling me of a story of a certain guy. They had received a bonus. I think it was 40 or 50,000. When he just received 50,000 bonus like this, the sister called him. Told him, I'm going to go to the police. The same, same amount the guy wanted. So Pastor Mark found him seated in the office, wondering what's the problem. Told him, can you imagine? Transaction cost. Then you see a girl. They're saying, me, I'm just in love. Look, don't fall in love. With your heart. No. Fall in love with your mind. Or if you fall in love with your heart, please let your mind come along. Let your mind come along. Put in some fundamentals, non-negotiables. Say, I don't want to raise, I don't want to raise up children with a thief. Because if the person is stealing from God, he will steal your heart. <laughs> He'll steal your heart. It's true. And if they steal your heart, it means they steal it and go with it. Not like they steal and stay with you. Like they steal and go and steal another heart because they are thieves. You think a thief is satisfied by stealing one heart? No, there's no conscience. They steal this, they steal this, they steal this, they steal this. And that's the person you want to get married to. There's no value system. You guys, don't just get married because he is utterly Christian. Don't just get married because oh, he's a Christian. I know James Mothe. No! He's called, what is his name? James Mothe. No, don't just get married because he's a Christian. He can be a Christian, but he doesn't hold the same values as you. So ask, go down to the level of what are your values? And do you practice your values? Because it is one thing to have values, it's another thing to have values and to practice them. Yeah. Ask him, do you practice this value? For example, he says, my value is I believe in tithing. I believe to be faithful with God, what, with what belongs to God. Let me give to God what belongs to God and give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. So ask him, okay, fine, can you please show me a record of that? Don't just fall in love, ladies. Don't just fall in love. Yeah, men, don't just follow a girl because she has hips and lips and tips. No! Don't! Don't, tell me about don't. Ask yourself the hard question because even your spouse can be the bad company that is killing you. They can be. Their talk is bad. They talk you down. They talk you down. You know, one time my wife told me, you know you can talk someone down until you break them and become zero. They were very strong. Before they got married, they used to believe they can conquer the world. When they get married, you talk them down. The only thing they believe is they are just waiting to die. 
That's the only thing they believe. They believe they were born to, to die. That's what she told me, referring to another lady. I said, that, actually, I, when she told me that, I said, that could be the problem of that lady. The person they got married to. And they talked them down until the best they could be is just wait to die. Bad company can cause you to backslide. Number two, symptom number two, looking backwards. Oh my God, my time is over. Looking backwards. Looking backwards. Looking backwards is a sign of somebody who is on the way to backslide or already backsliding. Looking backwards. Genesis, in Genesis 19, the Bible says we can study the testimony of two people, Lot and their wife. So, two angels were sent to Lot and his family. You know the story in Sodom and Gomorrah. And their message was simple. Genesis 19 verse 17. Go to 17. Quickly. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Do what? I can't hear. I can't hear. Tell your neighbor. I can't hear. Tell your neighbor again. I can't hear. Tell your neighbor again. Tell him again. Give him a nudge. Maybe he's not listening. Give him a nudge. And what do you escape for? The message is I can't hear you. The message is don't look behind nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. The message was simple. Escape for your life. But the Bible declares that Lot's wife looked back, looked back and became a pillar of salt. So Jesus also reminds us of the terrible mistake that Lot's wife made as she was escaping from Sodom and Gomorrah. That this mistake was so terrible that the Lord Jesus himself in the New Testament had to remind us, don't be like Lot's wife. Jesus said, remember, actually the, that scripture is very simple. Remember Lot's wife. That's, like, that's it. It just says that. Remember Lot's wife. Nothing much. Remember Lot's wife. That's how terrible that mistake of looking back was. She was the only member of the family who looked back at her past. And because of looking back, she became a pillar of salt. Ladies and gentlemen, remember Lord's wife. So we can liken this to believers who backslide because they kept looking back at the world and what the world had to offer. Remember Lord's wife. You're always looking back at what the world has to offer. How, oh, you just to go to dunia. Hey, hey. As a born-again believer, God has delivered you from all your sin. It is important that you stop, keep looking back. I, some years ago, I remember, anytime I remember this scripture, I remember Lord's wife. I remember a statement my wife told me. She told me that do not grieve for what God has delivered you from. Never crave for what God has Looking at alcohol, you are saying, uh, they say black shines brightest. You know the slogan for that one. Black shines brightest, Guinness. Black shines, you, when you're talking about Guinness, hey, when you talk about Konyagi and Johnny Walker, you are remembering the world and what the world has to offer. It's a matter of time before you go back to where the world was. It's a matter of time. Backsliding requires, if you are to stay away from it, you stop looking back. Remember Lord's wife. Tell everybody, remember Lord's wife. Yeah, remember Lord's wife. 
I remember one time I found some people, they were giving stories about their past. And the way they were giving those stories, they were giving those stories. And the Ulysses wanna to Jua. Hey, they They speak with so much charisma and enthusiasm. So when I listen to them, I said, This is a dangerous thing. I said, This is a dangerous thing. So after they talked, I told them, by the way, whatever you, you see the how you're speaking about your past, your life of sin with so much enthusiasm, that's a very dangerous symptom to me. It shows me that you're looking back to the world. Because after they, after they spoke all that about their past life, then they said, ah. and then someone asked them, so what happened? They said, ah, Suleokoka. Like the voice dropped. Not, not, and not the enthusiasm they had anymore. Ah, Suleokoka. So mono ulisota, ah, sunajua tu. That's after one who come church. So you can see they are craving the life they had. It's a matter of time before they backslide. Remember Lord's wife. Escape for your life was the message. Escape for? So stop craving and looking back at the things that the world had to offer. It's like what you did was a mistake. That's why I told them, when you're speaking about your past, watch your tone. If your tone is that tone of excitement, it's simply because what excites you? Something you like, or something you, when you remember it, nostalgia. Hey. The desire in you is triggered. Sweet memories. Hey. You're not remorseful about what you did. When you speak about how you used to smoke, you speak with enthusiasm. You don't even feel shy about it. You say, hey, you speak with so much enthusiasm. Eh? You even illustrate. You demonstration. You use graphs and maps. No easy picture. That is a sign of someone who is looking back. And it's a matter of time before they backslide. A symptom of backsliding magi. When you see your sheep, they're always looking back in the world. Always looking back for what God delivered them. Just know. It's like someone who is always looking back into their family. That is, somebody, that is a sign of someone who might not become financially stable. That's a sign. Ladies, if you see a young man, he's 25, he's 22, he's 23, and he's always saying, Eh, baba yangu wakona, mama yangu wakona, unajua lazima niambie mam. Red flag. Red flag. Red flag. Red flag. If anything, you've never asked your mother which club is good. You escaped for your life and went into the club. You escaped and went there. They never even knew you were clubbing. Now you tell me now you ask your mother which church is good. That shows me someone who is looking back into the world and not escaping for their life. Ladies and gentlemen, when you see such a guy, ladies specifically, when you see such a guy, Maggie, escape for your life. That's not someone who is ready to be a father. He, if he becomes your husband, it will be your mother, the mother-in-law will also be a husband. Yeah, all decisions will be bounced by the mother-in-law or the uncles. The uncles will be saying, get pregnant now. Sawa. Sangapi. There will be devolution in marriage, I'm telling you. The headquarters will be the family. 
You want to go for Dubai for holiday in Dubai? They say, let me ask mom. Mama alisema tuseenda Dubai, tuende Nairobi. Atuwezi potesa pesa tukienda Dubai. You want to build a house? He says, hata niulize yanko yangu. You will never do anything because they are always looking back to what their family has. If young people, if you want to become financially independent and financially stable, escape for your life. Who did, did your father did, is, how did your father become rich? Have you asked yourself that question? He had to leave his family. Some of you even your fathers had to leave where they where your family stays. Your family stays in Nakuru, but they had to leave Nakuru and come to Nairobi and live as if the family does not exist. That's the only time they became financially stable. They started going back to Nakuru when they have something, when they can be respected. It's true or not true? But you, you're always in Nakuru. Always looking back. Wajama mango wakana kamjengo wapo wana jenga. Na wakakaribu kukufa. Nani ataachiwa? Wakana kashamba mahali. That kind of mind, I'm telling you, will make you poor. Because you're always looking back. A symptom of backsliding is always looking back. Number three symptom. Or you don't like it. Do you like it? Overconfidence. 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 Overconfidence is a sign. If Jesus himself is telling you, remember Lord's wife. He's saying, don't be confident. Eh? Don't be overconfident about your situation. Remember there was someone like you before. Look, the Bible says everything that is, was. And everything that will be, has been. That's what the Bible says. Everything that you see in this world happened some time back. And everything that will happen has already happened. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. An overconfident, before we read the scripture, listen to this. An overconfident person is someone who has, who has too much trust in his abilities. It is dangerous to be overconfident as a Christian. Being too overconfident in your righteousness and in your own spirituality is a very bad sign. Being too confident in your righteousness and in your spirituality is a very bad sign. An overconfident person is someone who has too much trust in his abilities. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. When you're always overconfident, take note, brother. If you regard yourself or your position in Christ as a foolproof position, you are in danger of backsliding. Especially if you had, if you had just a recent promotion in church or have been used by God in the past. I can go visitation alone. And you are going to visit a dada, a sister, alone. <laughs> Just because you speak in tongues, you think if I get there, you will start. Then the body will say, then the hands will move. And the next thing, yeah. I'm telling you, don't be overconfident in your abilities. Don't be overconfident. I am not overconfident in my abilities. There are things I know I can't do. Yeah, there are things I know I can't do. I know there are some things I can't do. Look, there are, there are specific ladies who are always around me. You later see Pastor Seth, Pastor Joy, Pastor Faith, Wangari. Specific ladies. Not every lady. Because I know I'm flesh and blood. That's why it is people who have been with me for years. For 10 years. They have been there with me. I know their character. I know they cannot allow me to do some things. And when they're in my presence, there are some things they can't do. But you, you're always every girl. That's why they, I don't carry people in my car. Have you ever seen me carrying people? 
you, it is just those specific people are the ones I carry. You, I can find you on this road and I'll not carry you. Even if it is raining, salt and water, I will not carry you. Not because my car has no space. It has space. But people are not people. People are not people. Yeah. You don't know people. People are not people. That's why there are things we don't do. There are things we don't do. Are, look, you've never come into my office. You've never, and you will never. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he will come. The specific people are the same people. It's Joy, Joy is always the one in, always in my office. Or maybe the pastors are the ones who are always in my office. Because I've been with them for years. You, I can't trust you in my office. It is true. Me, I'm not overconfident. I know I'm flesh and blood. I am a young man. I'm 27 years. My blood is high. <laughs> so I have to put man's heart. I have to put certain parameters to guide me. Not because I cannot do it. Look, the Bible says everything is permissible. All those things I'm talking about, there's no sin in them. There's no sin in me cutting you in my car. There's no sin in you being in my office. There's no sin in you coming to my house. No sin. But not everything is beneficial. Not everything is beneficial. That's how we are too juicy. We are shepherd. We are in tongues. You call ladies. You call ladies to your house for dinner. <laughs> Some stories I hear. I say, hey, people have guts. Hey, people have guts. Hey, we are breaking bread. The two of you in a house, you will break bread, then you break boobs. I'm telling you. Then you'll break bones as well. Is a matter true or not true? To you quail, you quail you It's the truth. It's the truth. The Bible says, and they continued steadfastly. So you will break bread, then continue steadfastly. Yeah. The next thing will be <laughs> breaking bread and breast continuously. So recently, a certain pastor came, and come, came to see me. He was asking for advice for his church. I told him, I'm only served food by a particular lady. So he asked me, why? I said, because I'm keen on some things. He said, I told him, you know, you can ask people to serve you. Just, you've just asked for bread and tea. But what they bring it's not bread and tea. They come serve you bread and tea and breast. So you are serving bread and breast. Or, 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 or breast milk. Colostrum. <laughs> Colostrum. You are serving breast milk. So I told them, I told them, my PA is so and so. That's the only person who, who can do that to me. Not because the others don't know how to serve. The others who are even more qualified than her. Way qualified. But I'm not overconfident. I know I'm flesh and blood. Yeah. Why am I married? It's a sign I have no self-control in that particular area. That's why I'm married. Or why do you think people, people get married? When I'm, making, when, when I'm reading vows here, what do I say? This holy matrimony was, was instituted for people who have no self-control in that area. Like Peter. Like Peter. Uh, like Paul, rather. Like Paul had self-control. Me, I'm not called to be celibate. That's why I have a ring. That's why I have what? Yes, that's a wewe, ndugu yangu. Ndugu yangu. Umeokoka jana. Unaongea in tongues leo. 
Kesho unafanya visitation peke yako saa sita. Wow. I clap for you brother. I clap for you. Show us your ways, master. Show us your ways. Yes. You can't construct a full sentence in tongues yet, but you do visitation alone. Wow. Amosi. 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 Amosi is jango to say I greet you. Amosi. Eh? You, 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 you. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, there are things, see them. It's a sign. When you see someone who says, Me, I cannot fornicate. <laughs> hey, hey. Ujui shetani. Ujui nani? Shetani. It's like he's waiting for you to boast. Or boast of your strength. Then he says, Let me test that. Let me tell you, there are some things you don't say. Me, I cannot, I cannot leave the church. Don't come tell me that nonsense. At me, I can't leave the church. Just know that in your heart and keep it in your heart. Don't, don't verbalize it. Sometimes when you verbalize it, or if you are going to verbalize it, verbalize it in prayer. Where it's you and God say, Lord, I want to be planted in the church. Don't come and tell anybody here, oh, me, me I cannot leave church. Satan will test that, I'm telling you. It's like Satan is waiting for you to speak. He tests you. But you know, in prayer, you are speaking to God. The Bible says you speak mystery unto the Lord. So you are speaking mystery. You saying, Lord, I know I am weak. Why do you think I finish all my sentences with, by the grace of God? Because I don't want to be overconfident. Will you do that? Yes. By the grace? Not yes. I always finish by the grace of God. Because I know if God does not give me grace and help me, ladies and gentlemen, I am flesh and blood. So one clear sign of backsliding is overconfidence. Magiv, you see overconfidence? If you sense overconfidence in your heart, deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it before it finishes you. Don't be overconfident. Don't be underconfident. Just be confident in the Lord. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Let that mind, that mind of I can do all things through Christ, that mind, that mind, of Christ is the one who gives me strength. Let that mind be in you, not your abilities. At without saying by the grace of God. My friend, it is just by the grace of God. Overconfidence is a sure sign of somebody who is in the process of backsliding. Yeah. Is in the process of backsliding. The Bible says, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he falls. If you, think, if you think you are standing, check where you are standing. You could be standing on a shaky ground. That's why the Bible says, take heed. They will give me a message Bible for that. Quickly, and someone else find TPT. Can we read together? One, two, three. And self-confident. You are not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It is useless. Cultivate God confidence. Let your confidence be in God. Let your confidence be where? Will you win? Yes, by the grace of God. Will you drive a car? Yes, by the grace of God. Will you become mighty? Yes, by the grace of God. Cultivate God confidence. Will you get married? Yes, by the grace of God. Will you travel abroad? Yes, by the grace of God. Will you become a missionary? Yes, by the grace of God. Will you open companies? Yes, 
By the grace of God. Will your companies grow? Yes, by the grace of God. Develop God confidence, not self-confidence. The Bible says, by the arm of flesh, no man shall prevail. In the book of Samuel. By the arm of flesh, no man shall prevail. If you listen to people who think they can prevail by their arm of flesh, their ideas, their systems, or just say, I'm going system. I've heard people say that. When I hear that, I say, ah, it's not just that. You need God. If God does not back you up, you will fail. Lord, you're talking about fair, uh, rather, not fair, a favor. Favor is never fair. Favor ain't fair. Favor is God choosing a weak person who has put confidence in him and overlooking a strong person who has put confidence in himself. Favor is choosing this guy and saying, you'll become the king of Israel. A shepherd, that is what favor is. And overlooking people in the royal family. Because David had a son called Jonathan. Jonathan was actually the immediate heir to the throne. So with all honesty, who should have been king? Jonathan. But God went for a shepherd boy who had put confidence in him to become the king of Israel. In the same manner, if the Lord does not do it for you, brother, you can pray all you want. You can sing all you want. You can cry all you want. But I can tell you for free, if God does not help you, if God doesn't help you, your help is in vain. So ladies and gentlemen, a love group is there for these particular reasons. Number one, so that the members there of can take care of each other. Number two, so that you can prevent yourself from backsliding.